You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies show. As always, I'm your host, Mark King. For the show, I have the fill-in great guest host, Sean Coleman, with me on today. Man, first of all, I just want to say appreciate you guys. For you, you filling in for me last week. You did a great job. Uh, it was good for me to be able to listen to the, my my own show a while I was away and still be able to kind of keep up with the Grizzlies. My my real job had me uh, just running around like crazy last week. So uh, first of all, thank you. It it, it, it sounded great and uh, it was a lot of good guests and really a lot of good content. Yeah, no, uh, it was it was fun. Uh, always, uh, it, it's a it's a wonderful opportunity to be able uh, to cover the Grizzlies and uh, while. I definitely don't do as good of a job as you do. You you had some responsibilities on your end that, that I'm sure will lead to great things. So I just thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, man. Well, let's uh, let's talk basketball. Um, first of all, what have I missed? <laughs> you have missed probably the peak of Grizzlies basketball <laughs> in perhaps two and a half, three years. Um, in all honesty, you, in my opinion, you probably have missed the best week of mike conley's career and that's not over exaggerating that is not um you know trying to you know make it sound as wonderful as it is it's just straightforward conley has been playing on a clear all-star level that in my opinion uh, no one saw coming really but you know we're glad that it's here you know with our mission to convey yeah i mean i i've been able to watch some from the team just kind of from afar mostly in tv trucks while i produce other games so i haven't been able to just really intently just as as much as i need to or would like to have gone back and watched a few things but yeah mike conley has played he's played like an just just like a, a madman i mean uh that kind of that kind of play my that kind of mike conley gets you an all-star bid if that's the kind of mike conley he's been all year that gets you an all-star bid no problem um, but yeah, he, I don't know what it is. Do you, do you, does it seem like it's just been a, a switch flip or is it, has it been the way people are playing him or, or just kind of luck or just, just, just kind of watch random week and it'll probably go back to normal next week. With Conley, it's just that he's been put in the position to where he can utilize his biggest strength. And that's his ability to be able to use the full arsenal of his mid range game. You know, when Marcus Gasol was here and we had it to where it was Gasol and Conley playing the screen game up top at the three-point line, the other three guys just are off to the side, you know, Gasol didn't move that much. And so it was really Conley versus two guys. He didn't have the spacing to throw out a pass. He didn't have the ability to move to be able to get a shot off. And so there wasn't a lot of effectiveness. But now with the screen game that you get 40 to 45 minutes a night with Joe Kim Noah and Jonas Valanciunas, Conley is showing just how lethal he can be in the lane. And everything comes off that floater game of his. Conley probably has the deadliest floater in the game. Maybe definitely top five. And so you've just got so many effective options with the big man setting an effective screen and actually going towards the basket after Conley rolls off of it. Conley can sit there and hit that floater. If the defense hesitates, if they come up on Conley, he can give the little bounce pass. You've got a high percentage shot for the uh, rolling big man. And then if the defense does play well, you could just throw it out to an open shooter. So many options have opened up now with an effective screen game and getting Conley into the uh, um, lane that it's just made the Grizzlies offense take off um, in terms of its uh, capabilities. Yeah, I noticed that on Sunday. I mean, it, it was very – I mean, he had a lot of that stuff in the lane. And and like you mentioned, that that first action, whenever they start that screen in action, if the big man if the big man dumps down to the lane, then 
the defense has to do something. They have to decide what they're going to do. Um, and so it makes perfect sense if they're going to decide they're going to either, you know, kind of uh, trail the roll man and it sucks defense a little bit. It gives Mike Conley a little bit more room to operate inside the lane. It, le- it lets them penetrate a little bit more because they have to make a decision quicker. Um, so you'll probably see you'll probably see teams play, play playing that uh, pick higher, playing that, you know, edge, hedging that pick a little higher to give not hit, let him turn the corner so easily. Uh, is what I would assume probably going in the next the next week or so, which you might see terms try to do to, to limit that floater game. But yeah, you're right. Um, Jonas Valanciunas being able to just dive to the rim, something that Marc Gasol, especially in the late last couple of years, has just just didn't do. Uh, he changed his game dramatically, and it's never was never really a, a, a rumble down the lane kind of guy. Uh, which leads me to my next thing. Uh, now that Jonas is here, is this team better than they were with Marc Gasol? Yes, yes, they are. They definitely are. hundred percent. A hundred percent, yes, this team is better because Jonas adds an element to the team that was a clear weakness with Gasol here. With Gasol here, basically, if you could take uh, the, the, the inside the three-point arc and cut it in half, the Grizzlies' whole offense besides Jaron was up above the free-throw line. It just clearly was. It, it, it basically Gasol, there wasn't a lot of movement with Gasol. There was there was good passing. He was a good facilitator. But with him and Kyle Anderson as being the main options besides Conley on the perimeter, you didn't have a lot of effective shooting. You had a lot of passing. You didn't have a lot of athleticism. There wasn't a clear avenue to scoring. But now with Jonas, you do have that. Even with Jaron out, you have more. Again, it goes back to the options. With Jonas, you have more movement. You have more decisive decision-making down low to go to the rim. And you also have a rim game. You have that threat to where, okay, we get in trouble. Just give it down to Jonas and let him dominate, kind of like Zach used to do. And it's not like Zach's uh, fadeaway. It's legitimately being able to out-physical the defender down low. He did it, he did it against um, – I can't ever get Nikola's name right for him, Orlando uh, Vucevic. I, I can't ever get his name right. But he did it against him. He did it against Gobert, and he did it against Steven Adams You know, um, over the past 10 days. Those are two defenders in Gobert and Adams who are two of the best in the league. And Jonas, is, he brings a physical element that at his age and in this era can be effective, um, even though the game is becoming a smaller, uh, faster setup. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting look that, they, that they're able to do because the Grizzlies don't really, without Jaron, they're really, I mean, I mean they're, they're relying on Bruno Caboclo to really to be the, they're more of their power forward and, 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 and Chandler now. Um, so they don't really have a more of a, I uh, guess a stretch big like like Jaron now that he's out, and so it's interesting now that they're rolling with you know basically two true centers all all the time. There is no real uh, there's no real stretch game because Jonas I mean he can shoot the three, he just never really does it. Um, he, that's really something that's never really part of his game. Um, but is I think I think that I think Jonas will opt in next year. What do you think? I mean, I, I think he'd probably be stupid not to. Seventeen million is is a lot. I mean, I, I still think he gets like. If they opt out or do a long term, I think he probably gets maybe $10, $12 million a year from, from, from either Memphis or another team. Agreed. I mean, at the end of the day, as effective as Jonas is, he, he still is a man with a limited ceiling in today's sure. game. I mean, just look at it. He's not someone that's going to play 35 to 20 minutes a game. You can tell he's winded after five minutes of running up and down the court, and that's fine. It's, 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 that's Jonas' size. So, yeah, I do see him opting in next year. Now, Am I, if we convey, does that thrill me? 
it doesn't. Um, you know, I, I, I can get into that later. But at the end of the day, I do see the more success Jonas has, and, and you can say this is probably the best offense that he's played in a while, yes, I certainly can see the idea of, okay, I can earn $17 million next year and stay in a place where I've played the best offense in my career, which should only help me become more attractive after I earn my $17 million in the next offseason. So, yeah, I do think that, that there is a good chance that Jonas does opt in for next year. You mentioned the convey, and so we'll 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 move to that. Uh, we'll we'll talk talk about Jonas. And by the way, Jonas has become was easily easily my new favorite player or one of my new favorite players of this team. And uh, after talking to him, he's just like, he's a really really funny dude. He's he's a solid guy. Um, and I'm excited to watch him watch him play more. So I, I honestly do hope he opts in. I hope he's here for more than one you know more than just the end of this year. But um, before I left those shows, I guess a couple weeks ago now, I was uh, getting I was getting down. I was getting sad that I thought that I'd always said I thought they have a chance to convey, and then I was getting sad because it was just not looking good. Uh, it wasn't looking uh, like they had. They still had the opportunity. Every time we watch a game, they were just not great at basketball. Um, but they've gone and won four out of the last five games, and they put them squarely now back in the. Uh, they were in the eighth spot yesterday. Now they moved up to seven because of Washington. Uh, Washington won as well. So, but they're in that seventh, eighth range, and they're only one game and a half out of the uh, the ninth spot. At this point, you uh, you assume that? Do you think that convey is still possible? Do you think we can get to nine, maybe even ten? I mean, because Nine, ten, eleven are all game and a half apart uh, from the eight, eight, seventh, and eight seed. Yes, I, I do definitely think there is a chance to convey. Um, I think the next week um, is going to be very important with games against Atlanta, Washington, and Orlando. Um, but yeah, I mean, me and you were on the same uh, uh, on the same boat, Mark. You know, I was saying two weeks ago on the uh, on the three and D podcast, and maybe even said it when we last talked on here that I felt we had a better chance of landing Zion than we did at Combain. And I didn't think there was any chance we were going to land Zion. But that's how awesome this week has been and because of how unexpected it was. I mean, we go from playing like we we just were one of the five worst teams in the league to now we've beat Portland, we beat Utah, we beat Orlando, three teams with playoff aspirations. We are so embracing that spoiler team for playoff um, um, contenders that we've embraced that role. You've got players who have a reason to want to play monetary, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, yes, because I think the reason why we're going to convey is because that each player on this team has a reason to stay motivated. They have a reason to finish out the year as best they can. And if that's what it's going to take, regardless of whatever reason it is, yes, because at the end of the day, I think the team is motivated, the franchise is motivated, we need to convey, and I do think we have the talent to definitely get that done. Yeah, I think they do too, especially at this point. I mean, you're only a game and a half out of the uh, – even even – you're only a game and a half out of the 11th uh, spot from the bottom. Um, but I, th- I still think it's definitely definitely back in play. I, even back when I was – you know, we were doing these shows a couple weeks ago, I, I was – I still thought it was possible, although my 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 hope was was fading fast. I'll put it that way, um, and I said it on on my show several times. But uh, uh, let's take a break. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side with more from Sean. The first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the greatest betting event of the year. Whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first round upsets, or literally all of the above, my bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. 
Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? And can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? If you know the answers, or even if you don't, MyBookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guy. MyBookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is, they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking 48 hours fast. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash. Deposit with MyBookie today with promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's a 50% sign-up bonus just using promo code LOCKEDONNBA. With MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back to the show again. Sean Coleman with me, hosted the show all last week for Locked on Grizzlies. Did a great job as my guest host, uh, and he is uh, very insightful. And just catching up with him through the last week for this Tuesday show of Locked on Grizzlies. Uh, we just finished up talking about the idea of conveying the uh, – but let's talk about Chandler Parsons for just a minute. Uh, still not great with old Chandler Parsons. Uh, what? what uh, how has he looked over the last week? Uh, you know, I've looked at – I've seen, like I said, I've seen a little bit of the games. I looked at box scores. Just box scores, though. It doesn't look like it was great. It, yeah, it, it, he looks like a player who is out of his element. This game has passed Chandler by. You know, I, let's separate all the stuff that, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Chandler. I'm not the biggest fan of how he handles himself off the court. You know, but he's his own personality. But what I sure. will say is, is that I, I also – I feel sorry for the guy because, yeah, he's got this great payday. But this is an athlete. This is someone who has the rare ability to do something that millions want to do, but yet only few can actually achieve. And and it's painful in multiple ways watching him play. You see a guy who still has the who has the fire, who has the desire, who has that mental playmaking ability. He just can't do it. It's like the the, the engines are revved up to go, but they just sputter out as soon as he tries to get going. And so yes, I, I do get that the Grizzlies are having to play him just because that he's he's there they they just don't have a lot of other options uh, to clean up for 10 or 15 minutes a night but, right. but yeah i mean it, you, even on your shots now you can see that the leg drive is not there and so overall i just i think that he's just trying to make the best of the situation obviously earn the money he's due but uh yeah I, to put it as simple as i can the game has passed chandler by in his current status yeah, I mean, even even I, I had said if if he could find a way to just be a stretch four and just shoot the three ball and really not have to do a whole lot, uh, especially on defense, if they had teams that had bigger guys that he could probably try to guard, they weren't running around screens all the time. I said then even he could if he could do that, he could be effective. But I don't even think that. I mean, his shot just it looks so flat, like you mentioned. His just his legs aren't there. Um, you know, so I don't. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure he can do that. And I'm and quite frankly, I, I said this several months ago when, when Chandler w- kind of went away is that I, I, I think that this might be his very last contract. I mean, I don't see, I don't know if a team's going to give him uh, even, I mean, I would see maybe a team give him a better minimum after this contract just to see maybe, but I, I don't know. Um, I think this might be it for Chandler and uh, it's very good reason why he won't take a buyout because he wants every penny he can get because this, there, there might be, there might not be any more basketball for Chandler Parsons after this contract, which sucks because, Again, the idea of Chandler is is awesome, and and given what we know now, I mean, it still sucks, but it was the best option available that year, and you know they did what they thought they were supposed to do, and so it sucks. But I don't think that there's, 
I'm not sure there's there is basketball left for Chandler, and I, I hope that I'm wrong. Oh, you know, because like you said, it it sucks because it's not his fault, um, and injuries are just just a part of the game, and that and it, and it sucks when it happens for for players because you know he he does he, like you said he's a competitor. He wants to play basketball. Um, enough about Chandler Parsons though. Let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Avery Bradley. I mean, I don't know how Avery Bradley. I mean, he definitely can't sustain what he's doing now. But it, but what what is what is the what is the version of Avery Bradley the Grizzlies would want to keep? Not at twelve million. Like, you know, there's I don't think there's any version you want to keep at twelve million next year. But what is the version of Avery Bradley the Grizzlies might want to bring back on a different contract next year? A three and D guy. A three and D guy off the bench is what I truly feel like uh, is the case. You know, with Avery Bradley, you know, I did a whole segment on the show, Matt Hurd-Licka, who I, I know that you um, know far more than I do. Uh, he, he released, you know, some stats on Twitter uh, right. early last week that, that really got Twitter uh, talking, talking about, you know, as wonderful as Avery Bradley is in actuality, the, the net positive versus the negative, he's been a big net negative. <laughs> and, and it's just right. it, any offensive gains have been washed away by the defensive liabilities. But I think Avery Bradley has a place on this team. If nothing else, I truly do feel that the narrative that Avery Bradley probably play, will play better in Memphis because he's someone who can embrace Memphis, I think he's there. Me and you both know following this team, Avery Bradley has been a Memphis-type player that, that folks have connected with Memphis for years. He was someone that we were thinking about bringing in when we actually gave the contract to uh, Kyle Anderson um, instead yep. of this past offseason. But I think that Avery Bradley does have a place on this team, especially if we don't convey and we want to compete next year. But it's not as a 35-minute-a-night guy. He's just too small on defense now. And in my opinion, has lost a little bit of juice to where he can make up for his lack of size with athleticism and the way that he plays defense. And you are correct. It's been a month. You know, at the end of the day, that's what people need to realize. It's been a month of him playing. People can get hot for a month. As wonderful as he's been and the role that he has fit for the Grizzlies, it's the right. perception of what he's doing for the Grizzlies that is actually that makes him higher valued than his actual talent level. I think the consistent Avery Bradley is about seventy percent of what he is right now, and that's in a role for about twenty minutes a night off the bench. I think that's a great role for him, and I think it's and it can be productive too. I mean, it's not like it's not like when when people hear you say say oh it's twenty minutes, that's not that big a deal. But like those roles can be very productive and very useful for a lot of teams. Um, and again, I, I agree with you. It's not something that he can sustain. He's never done it before. Like in all, like I, I said this on a couple of shows before, and we were just talking about Avery Bradley and all the things that all the years that Avery Bradley has been doing this, he's never averaged more than 15 points a game in his career. So the Avery Bradley scoring 20, 25 a night, it's just, that doesn't exist. I, I don't think there's any version of that where that continues to happen into next year if he's still on the team, which I firmly I don't really think he's going to be. Quite fr- quite frankly, I don't think that uh, I don't think every every rally is on this team next year. Again, they have to make a decision whether they want to keep him or not before July first. I believe is the date uh, that they have to either pay the two million to get him to go away or uh, pay the uh, or or his twelve million contract basically becomes guaranteed, um, and so. I don't know if he's going to really be on this team. And that leads me to my next point. This is all fine and Danny. It's super fun to watch these guys play. And I see, I, I, you know, I've just been on Twitter viewing from afar a lot of times, not really interacting because I've been so busy, but I don't know how any of these players can be on this team next year, whether it's because of money, whether it's because of just fit or just, just different <laughs> mechanisms. What, 
who who on this team of that that's playing well that that, that everybody's so excited about is on, on the, who are these players who's on these who's on this team next year? I mean, all these players that's playing really well that we see. Uh, is anybody that stands out to you that, that definitely not going to be here? That that definitely is not going to be here. Yeah, yeah. That we know, like okay, this is this a kind of this is not going to happen. Well, I, I think that um, I think that Joe Kim Noah may be pricing himself out. Um, I think that, 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 that there are a few other players. Um, Avery Bradley, I could see, you know, just simply because of money and things like that. I think that this becomes much more likely of a scenario again if we do not convey. If Because because I'm fully on board. You know, uh, Joe Molinax has said it before. If you convey, you sell. You don't convey, you compete. So if we don't convey, or excuse me, if we do convey, and we want to go full sale. I, I think it's become the Grizzlies have more motivation to see some players right. um, leave. But I'll be honest with you, Mark. That's a really hard question to answer because I think at the end of the day, you've got a lot of talent who were either coming from other places where they were disappointing or have ma- or are making a comeback or right. have gotten their first true opportunity with Memphis. And I think because of that, they they all have that reason. They all have that new opportunity that's here, and they love playing together, and that's what makes them play probably above their true talent level. So at the end of the day, yeah, there are reasons money-wise, you know, uh, franchise, uh, mindset-wise, to where you could see some players leaving. But I do think a lot of them are back at the end of the day. Um, right. I think if you trade Conley, maybe the veterans don't have as much desire to come back. But if you're competing next year, I say this roster doesn't change that much because so many players have bought in so quickly here. I think they want to keep the good vibes going. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it in some points. I guess uh, I just I don't know what you really. I guess the biggest the biggest question mark is Mike Conley and and what does what do they want to do with Mike Conley? And that goes back to the question of what do they want to do? Period. What is their vision? And quite frankly, I just don't know if they have any. I, we had Peter Edmonds on this show and asked him the same question, and he, that was his answer: is what is their vision, Mark? You know, they don't have one, so we don't really know what they want to do because they don't know what they don't know what they want to do. Um, and they're just kind of rolling with the punches, which is 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 a bad way to uh, to run to run a, a basketball franchise. I will I will say that, but that is just something that we just don't know what they're going to do. So it's it is hard to determine what. Um, it is hard to determine what will be the future for the Grizzlies because I'm not sure they have a clear cut vision um, for this franchise. And that starts with the front office. So, um, but let's, let's take another quick break. We'll, we'll be right back. We'll finish up with Sean Coleman and the last segment of the show and get his thoughts on a few more things. Welcome back to the show. Again, Sean Coleman joining me from uh, the 3ND podcast, a writer with me at grizzlybearblues.com. Guest hosted this very own Locked on Grizzlies podcast last week. Did a great job, but let's finish up. We just talked about the vision for this Grizzlies team. Uh, but, but something else along those lines, we talked about Joe. You, you mentioned Joe Kim Noah in the in your last kind of response to my question. But uh, do you think Joe Kim Noah is is played himself back into a regular rotation on on a good playoff team, you know, backup kind of role coming off the bench? Oh, gosh, yes. And the reason why that is is because he's in such good shape. I think that right. that's a lot of times. He's a very free spirit. But the thing about it is is that he's not a free spirit like like some NBA players that you've seen, um, um, kind of like a J.R. Smith or something like that. He is a very intelligent free spirit. And he – no, Joe Kim Noah just – he has to be moving. 
he has to be in action. And right. in the game today, if you can have that type of movement from a guy his size with his ability to facilitate, it's a very wise investment. He could still play effective D. He still could take you off the dribble to the basket. He could just fit so many different schemes with the way that he moves. And that's why I think there's a good chance that he he does go elsewhere because I think eventually he may like to play for you know a championship opportunity again. And yes, he definitely fits in today's NBA more than most might want to admit. Yeah, I think you probably I think you're right about that. I mean, I was not a fan of the Joakim Noah signing. I made that very clear and uh, agreed. Was very agreed. Was very public about it, and that's okay. Uh, we don't all have to be in favor of what had happened, but I, I think I was probably, um, I think I was probably a little, a little wrong. Uh, probably jumped the gun a little bit, but he, you know, as I said in the some of the last shows, I, I was I, he has played better, and I, I will always give credit to those guys who who play well for sure. Um, Justin Holiday, another guy who hasn't really played well, um, or at least for me, looking from afar. Uh, What's what's wrong with Justin Holiday? Is he just he is what he is, and they're just a probably using him wrong still, and uh, and or he's just not very good at making shots. Well, I I wrote an article about Justin Holiday a little while back in regards to um, you know how to effectively use him, and I actually personally think that they've used him right. It, it doesn't make sense. In, in all honesty, on the surface, it doesn't make sense. But Justin Holiday was someone that he was the worst trade of the deadline. They gave up two second-round picks for a very marginal talent. Justin Holiday is a fringe NBA player. He just simply is. But he can shoot, and he's got length, and he, he's a decent rebounder for his size. But the reason why I'm saying they're using him right is because there is such a massive difference between his ability as a starter and a reserve versus the long right, for instance, who is much more effective as a bench player than he is a starter. So I think that's kind of how it goes. Justin Holiday, if he's got this mentality to where he can be a featured guy, he can be a starter, he plays better. The splits, the stats show it. Whereas the lone right probably thinks that, you know, hey, I've got the mentality to where I can effectively use it as a reserve. At the end of the night, you still go with the lone right in, in the critical moments. But I think they're just putting Justin Holiday out there because he's in the best position for him to produce. But yet, yes, we do see that his version of producing just, just isn't there. At the end of the day, Justin Holiday is only has a relevant role on probably a, a bottom ten team in the NBA, and it shows why he. I don't feel that Justin Holiday is someone that's in the future plans at all. Well, you know, it. it I always say this: is, is if you, if you can't be really good on a bad basketball team, you can't be good on a good. You know, you can't be good on a good basketball team. It's just, you know, like when Agreed. players have inflated stats uh, on bad basketball teams, it's because like there's no one to take shots, and they're just a bad team, and most teams take them for granted or don't really play good. You know, just there's a lot of the factors that go into that. And, and, and if you're, that's why you always see inflated stats on bad basketball teams. And if you can't go out there and you can't make shots with this group. And, and I mentioned, like I mentioned using him wrong. And I meant like, as far as just scheme wise, uh, you know, running him off curls instead of just leaving him in the corner uh, because they've done that so many times. You've seen that when he's actually just standing in the corner, he actually can make those shots. But moving off a curl uh, and taking a dribble is not something Justin Holiday is good at at all. Um, and it and it the numbers really really show that and, and the, the eye test shows that he misses all the shots so like Correct. um but I don't think Justin Holiday's in, in the future plans at, at all do you no and and I don't and I think it's kind of a kind of a difference um, between um, Joe Kim Noah and um, you know like a Tony Allen type player and Justin Holiday I think Justin Holiday is a better player 
when it's like when it's like street ball or when it's like just a group of players just shooting or in practice or things sure. like that. I think in a game situation, you got to keep things simple with Justin Holiday. And I'm not talking about him as an individual. I don't know him at all. It just seems like that that's how his game is better. If you give him a simple role, kind of like you said, make it as least complicated as possible, go to the corner and be there for a th- for an open three if it comes your way. Right. I think yeah. he can be effective in that role. But in sure. today's game, that just that doesn't have a lot of value. And so right. that's, that's why I think he's not in the future plans, just because there's not a lot there to work with. I think you're right, man, and I really appreciate you uh, you taking over the show for the week. Uh, it was great. Again, it helped me stay connected to the team as much as I could. So, again, I appreciate it, man. You did a great job. If, if you guys aren't already following Sean's stuff, make sure you do so. Uh, he is a new host of the 3ND podcast as well as his writing over at grizzlybearblues.com. He does a great job with it. Again, appreciate it, man. We'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. Have a great one, Mark. Thanks.